Welcome to The Take, where I sit down with actors, filmmakers, and world-class raconteers. We talk about story, life in the biz, and what it all means. Today I sit down with actor Kevin Wiseman. Kevin is most famous for playing the part of Marshall Flinkman through all five seasons of J.J. Abrams' Alias. You might also recognize him from his hilarious character Kives on HBO's Hello Ladies, character of Ned Baring on Amazon's Goliath, character of Ray Spywalk on CBS's Scorpion, and he's currently playing a title character on Hulu's Marvel series Runaways. Kevin attended theater school at UCLA, started his own theater company, and soon after graduation started landing roles. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kevin Wiseman. So welcome to The Take. Oh yeah, thank yeah. you. The Take. The Take. What will we take away? Well, yeah, what, what's your take on things? What's, what's your take? Yeah. I like that. Well, you know, or the, I'll take, uh, I'll take Take, the, the number three horse in the third to show. I don't know. Yeah, you could take a I'm lot of di- things. You could take a lot of things. Well, a bunch of the other names I wanted were Take In, so I had to go uh, with the Take. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I think I wanted The Green Room. I like that. Yeah. That's already... Well, there was a lot of green rooms taken. There was like, you know, the green room, a green... You know, anything green in room was gone. And I feel like there were probably a lot of... And this isn't a knock on your show at all. Yeah. And, you know, we're old friends. And I'm sure this show is going to be great. This is going to be the best hour of your life. Oh, I appreciate it. It I don't know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But uh, I feel like there were probably a lot of shows about the industry... Hence the green room, sure, or of course, BTS, you know, yeah. behind the scenes, or which is great. I mean, I think that's such an awesome thing about podcasts. Yeah, and you know, I, I was kind of uh, um, inspired by uh, Sam. Uh, wow, uh, you know the the podcast uh, behind behind the camera by Sam. Um, oh, oh yeah, on Directv. Yeah, but yeah. He, yeah, and so he in the, in it the, the delicious black and the black and white. Yeah, the black and white. I haven't heard. Oh, so there's a po- accompanying podcast. So he uploads each episode just as audio on podcast. Oh, so it's really nice. He's a great interviewer. Yeah, he's great. And I feel like he, even if he's not, you kind of feel like he's friends with all of his guys, the people that he's interviewing. Yeah, I feel like Mark Maron has that quality as well. Yeah, even if there's no relationship prior. There it seems to be able to connect. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what I like about podcasts most is that it seems more like a conversation. You're kind of eavesdropping on a conversation instead of like, you know, some putting someone putting on like a little voice and interviewing. Right. You know, which I mean, late night talk shows. It's a very. I've been around that. Friends have been on it. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough to to kind of be interviewed a few times, and it's very controlled, regimented. Certain amount of time per segment. Definitely, yeah. Softball questions. Yeah. Which, you know, that's what the context of the show is. There are other shows, podcasts that delve a little deeper. I think. And yeah, and allow. I've been watching the Tom Brokaw. Have you seen the Tom Brokaw show uh, on? No. It's called uh, It's called the Big Question, or it's fantastic. Uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. Is it Tom Brokaw? Yeah, and he's. I haven't uh, seen it. He interviews great people, most, a lot of musicians. Okay. And he'll go to where they're, like, I just watched one on the Doobie Brothers. Oh, wow. He was interviewing these guys, you know, 50 years, they're still selling out amphitheaters. I'm sure, and, yeah. Because they have so many great songs. You're like, oh, I can't believe, you know, they wrote those songs. And sure enough, the name Doobie Brothers 
was derived from exactly what you think. It is the, from a doobie. Yeah. Okay, nice. <laughs> you think like, oh, actually not. It's actually, right. it's actually you know, he's dubious or something. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, we had a friend named Mark Doobie. Yeah. No, no it was because they would doobie? sit around and smoke, you know, smoke doobies. Yeah. That's funny. They were the Doobie Brothers. You so go. you were I, doing a little research on you. I didn't realize that you were a, a drummer in the band Trainwreck. Yes, with uh, Kyle Gass from yeah. uh, the legendary Tenacious D. I went to uh, college with Jack. He's a year older than me, Jack Black, the other uh, half of Tenacious Oh, he did? You, he was at UCLA? He was at UCLA. Oh, wow. He was a theater major. And so we, we were all kind of hung out together. And then I started a theater company with some other classmates of mm-hmm. mine. Jack was a part of that at oh, the very wow. beginning. And then he kind of shot to, to superstardom. Let me turn that phone off. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, anyway, that's where I met Kyle. Okay. We actually were golf friends at first because I, I like you yeah I'd love to to uh you know hit the links yeah get the sticks out <laughs> yeah <laughs> try my best it's good for socialization it as is you yeah know. and we became friends on the golf course and similar musical tastes and he found out I was a drummer and mainly had a drum set in my basement so he's like well okay we're let, let me come over and we'll play in your jam yeah room and we got another buddy of mine to sing and uh great actor named Jason Reed and that became Trainwreck and then we recruited some other fantastic musicians and I toured with the band for a few years but I was doing Alias at the time and I couldn't that was a nine and a half month TV show schedule so finally I just had to say you guys I can't get in the RV and play video games in between gigs <laughs> yeah I would love to yeah yeah because it's really fun but we toured you know I did a couple tours in Pacific Northwest and and uh the South and the East Coast was really fun, man. That's really, off. that's really cool. Yeah, and I still, Kyle now, the train wreck's still around, but Kyle's a, a Tenacious D, obviously, in another band called the Kyle Gas Band. Okay. And I'll, I'll pop up and make special appearances in, in you know, in L.A. And okay, nice. I'll play a song or two. Yeah, it's really fun. I love it. I love well, what's, what's the, the difference in energy? You like performing live for uh, musically versus like maybe performing live for a play or, I mean, it's... You know, Kyle and I talk about it like we're kind of, you know, we like to think of ourselves as gamers, you know, like like a, like an athlete. Like okay. You, there's this, it's weird. Like you can have a really proficient musician or actor who just can't quite lock in yeah. when it's live. And I think there's a certain, you have to have in both music and theater mm-hmm. big ears. You know, you really have to be able to listen to the other performers, the audience, everything. It, it, and I think that's what sets apart maybe people who can really work live and then other people who are just great studio session musicians or, or great in front of the camera or whatever it is. But there's another, there's another switch, I think, yeah. live where you really have to be present. And Kyle has it, obviously, Jack. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I hope myself. And, and that's, that's kind of always the goal is just to be super present, listen. And the same with acting. I mean... You're making the same choices as an actor if you were in front of the camera or you're on stage. Your back wall is different. Okay, so if yeah. you're in an intimate theater and, and there's 20 rows, you know, you know, I've done many shows in L.A. where there are, there are 50 seats, you know, 90 seats, you know, sure, paid yeah. my dues. And your, your, your choices are the same, creating a character, you're telling the story, there's conflicts, resolutions, but your back row is a little bit closer or farther like so sure. you have to modulate your energy based on the space and then if the camera's right in front of you your back row is maybe three feet if it's yeah. a close-up so you 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 
modulate your energy to fit that back row. Yeah. Does that make sense? And then the yeah, same thing with music too. If you're if you're playing an intimate club, you're probably especially as a drummer, you're, yeah. you're not going to hit it as hard. I hate when you're you're in like a small club and the drummer's just playing way too loud. It's like we know you're a good drummer, yeah. bro, but it's like you got to read the room. Yeah. So <laughs> so reading the room kind of goes into all of it. Exactly. Yeah. Reading the room. And and that's why auditions are kind of weird for actors because yeah. The rooms are always different sizes, and they're like offices. And you don't know until you get in there. No. Yeah, you don't so, know yeah. what you're going to be playing to. Yeah, and you run it with your buddy at home or whatever, yeah. and he's sitting right across from you. All of a sudden, the casting person is sitting 20 feet away, and the execs or whoever's watching your audition are way back there, or they're really close, Yeah, sitting right there. You know, yeah. and you kind of have to re- you have to read the room. So you have to be able to make audibles you know, sure, at all yeah. times. As a performer, I think. Yeah, well, and kinda, as an athlete, I kind of, I you know, I studied Meisner a lot, which is kind of right. going off the, the other person. You know, it's the right. So that is kind of, it's kind of reading the room or the other performer. Of course, yeah. I mean that's Meisner is a fantastic exercise for actors because you're, it's like the concept of improvising with scripted dialogue, yes. which you have to do a lot, which is like, okay, you have this text, but you really have to be so familiar with the text that it's second nature. Mm-hmm. So you can be super present and shift. So if the director comes over and says, hey, that's great, but you know, I really need you to you know, uh, uh, command this scene. Okay, yeah. Oh, shit, that wasn't my interpretation of it. I, I thought he was following or he was, yeah. he was meek here or, or, or okay, okay. But it's the same text. Mm-hmm. A lot of actors can't make that immediate shift with cameras it's in stone with the uh, how they were maybe prepared it or well, it's right. kind of like I guess like music. Like if you were if you were trying to like remember how to play the song while you're playing the song and you couldn't, you know, the guitarist started going faster and you couldn't keep up. You're right. And you couldn't exactly. Play it. You're not playing a version of what you recorded. Yeah. You're in the moment. That's yeah. why I love bands. You know that you can. A lot of the, the the classic rock bands, Grateful Dead, Rolling Stones, any of these guys you hear live, and you're like, oh, that's an interesting take on that song, mm-hmm. Dylan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just kind of like, oh, that's great. Like the whole band has to be present. Yeah. Which I think is cool because you know the song, but you're not going to the show to hear the album. It's like I'd rather just sit home and hear the album. Yeah, you want to see the, like, the interaction with the audience. I was just watching. Sure. And it's probably... Is, I'm just trying to learn on the guitar. I'm just trying to learn guitar. I see that. So, yeah, me too, man. Me too. Are, yeah, God, it's tough. Well, finally, yeah. yeah. But that was. Little, can you play bar chords yet? Yeah, I can play some bar chords and nice. the basic chords. I've been practicing uh, uh, Hanukkah by Adam Sandler. Yeah. That's like a three chord progression. It's like what a, are the chords? A E D. Oh sure. Yeah. So it's kind of it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, but I was looking at uh, Hall of Famer Rod Carew. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hall of Famer Rod Carew. <laughs> Uh, it's a great song. I was looking at the song uh, "Fire" by Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. If yeah, yeah, of course. Was, but he's he's like how he starts off. He starts teasing the audience because he like plays like the first couple chords and the audience and then he like he's about to go into it and he like no and he play like he plays it again you know and he's like kind of teasing the audience sure. about starting the song. Well, Springsteen is is a great example because he's one of those bands that people will or one of those artists that people will see fifty times. They will. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's one of those guys. My agent, my agent of 25 years from New Jersey, I mean, I went to a show with him. I saw another side of him, of my agent. Oh, when he when Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Really? I mean, he was going crazy. He was like a That's teenage awesome. girl. And I was just like, wow. I mean, these songs are great, but, oh, you know, they haven't played this song. He hasn't played this song in X amount of years. 
that's you know the tempo was faster here and i think that's cool because springsteen is so simpatico with those other guys in his band that he's been playing with for yeah. 25 years they can communicate they can, they can play they can yeah yeah it's awesome i mean that to me is i probably sound like an old dude but that's kind of like what music should be if yeah. you go to a show and you're kind of like and i love hip hop and i love r&b and stuff like that but like i don't want to go to a show and where i could have listened to this in the car you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless there's something something, something else it's bringing. I, for me. Yeah. But I love to, you know, I love to listen to it. But it's like, to go to a show, you gotta go, you gotta park, there's a yeah. lot going on. Lot, yeah, that <laughs> you wanna make sure it's an experience that you couldn't have replicated yeah. at home. I listen to a lot of rap, but I, I sometimes, I've listened to live rap, and sometimes I'm like, I like it better on the, uh, at, at home, where it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot... However, they t- have tuned it. The producers the gotten in there and it. tweaked it. Yeah, you you know. And there's a lot of excitement to see the the artist up there. And I get but, it. But and for I a basic it. sound, on like a principle, I always I kind of seem like it's kind of better. Yeah, I'm a sound guy. Like if I yeah. go to a show, you know, fortunate enough to have some friends in the business. Okay, do you want to sit in the pit? I'm like, no. I want to sit back by like the soundboard in the center. Okay, nice. Because that's the best sound. It's not in the pit. I don't need to look up and see uh, my guy sweating. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Mick Jagger. Okay. Or you yeah. Know, I was just using that example because we're talking about the Stones. But I want to be where the best sa- sound is. Okay. Cool. For me. Makes sense. And yeah, you know, trying to protect the ears as a drummer. Yeah. You should always wear ear protection in the in the uh, when you go see shows, my friend. And yeah. You, all the people listening. Yeah, I bet you do. People, you probably get some uh, customs. Being, oh. I mean, being in a band, do you guys wear any ear? Oh yeah, I, I had customs made. I went to an you audiologist do? and. Well, it's a custom, so you can't see them. Is that what? Is that what? Yeah, but it's also they fit your ear. And then oh, okay. You can change. There's like a little um, uh, uh, decibel uh, uh, protector, so you can do like five, ten, fifteen. Oh, interesting. Depending on how you can change it so out. You're not twisting those foam things up every time. No, bro. <laughs> No, I mean yeah. I will if I yeah. have to. If I forget to bring them, yeah, I hate those though. I know those I, suck. They don't really fit my one, ear. It's like mm-hmm. one always is like filling, and the other one you can feel a little draft coming in. You're like, oh, yeah, well. and I feel like I have weirdly shaped canals. Like they don't, <laughs> yeah, I know. They don't fit. Like, like iPod headphones don't fit. Or no, something. Yeah. the ones that are the like the iPod ones do, but the ones that have the like the five different shapes, none of them. Fit no, yeah, either. none of them. Yeah, I I, just, I wear the over the ear when I go to the gym. It's just you do. It gets a little sweaty, but it's it's, it's yeah, comfortable. Yeah, I do like those too. Especially, I'm not even sure if you're getting the job done, but like on the elliptical, you can log at the gym we go to. You yeah. can log into your Amazon or Hulu or whatever. I've never done that. I have, and you're like watching Netflix. I'm like, I should, would I be work? Would I be going harder if I wasn't like into Ozark right now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know but like, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Because then before you know it, I'm like, well, I watched an episode of Ozark. I must have been working out for four to five minutes. I know. <laughs> That's the best, though, with when I can watch like a like a Lakers game on tonight. I'm like, tonight, you swear, I get my cardio, I do it to sports. So I'm like, That's well, smart. Wednesday, I can do, I'm going to do some good cardio because the Lakers game is on. And You're going go to go to the gym? I'm going to go to the gym. Yeah, and maybe I'll, yeah. I'll see you. Yeah. That's right. Who are they playing tonight? They're playing uh, uh, Spurs. Oh, I believe they're playing the Spurs. Yeah. So. A little long in the tooth, but still good. Yeah, still good. Still yeah. still some competition. And the Lakers, man. I mean, it's fun again. I know it's fun. Yeah, it's We're really like exciting. 12 games, right? Yeah. Even if they're not like, you know, it's just anytime LeBron comes out there, I'm just like, 
I'm like a little kid. I'm, I'm a big LeBron fan before he even came here. Of so of course, it's... my daughter is too. She can't believe it. Really? Like how that. how old is your daughter? Now? Uh, she the one who's into sports is ten. Okay, the twelve year old could care less, but the ten year old super into it. Baseball too. Brought her to the World Series this year. Oh, nice. Our Dodgers, yeah, just one game. The one they won, the 18-inning game. Oh, no, that's a good one to go to. Yeah, yeah. We nice. Oh, yeah, the 18-inning one. That's ridiculous. Stayed the whole time. It was a seven-hour game. Seven-and-hour, 40-minute game. Jeez. Was it, was, did the stands kind of empty out at all? Or was no. It, everyone was there? I mean, some people left, but yeah. it was pretty full. That's pretty cool. Because it started at, at 5, so it, if it had started at 7, I think it would have maybe... People would have bailed, but it was, uh, yeah, anyway. We, did, we left around 1 a.m. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. So you're on, uh, congrats on Runaways. Oh, thanks, That's man. very yeah. cool. So, it's, you know, it's, you're part of the Marvel team now. I would have never thought going to theater school that one day the comic book company would be paying my bills. That's crazy. Who would have thought? Is it, uh, is it a different experience being part? I mean, you've been involved in, I think I, I looked at it, you're in, you've been in 48 different TV shows. Um, is that right? That's nuts. Well, you know, I got a few years on you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, you've yeah. been involved in a lot of big shows and Alias and yeah. all networks. But is it is being a part of Marvel? Is it a different experience? Yes and no. I mean, it's on Hulu. Yeah. Um, so we we definitely are growing in, I think, awareness. Mm-hmm. First season came out. I think it's now I, I I've heard the number one streaming show on Hulu. Okay. Very cool. It's hearsay, but that's what I've been told. Um, no knock on, on uh, handmaid's tale. I just think that's like a specific audience. This is a very international audience. A lot of younger people. Sure. Yeah. Cause Mar- Marvel. Yeah. I love handmaid's tale by the way. Um, so it, it definitely is crazy. Like through social media and stuff, a lot of international Fans. You automatically built in just because it's Marvel. Yeah, and they watch it, and it's you know surprisingly. I'm not gonna say surprising. That's the wrong word, but it, it turned out really well. Like the the the, the I wasn't familiar with the comic, The Runaways Born, by yeah. Brian K. Vaughan, but I since gone back and looked at it. I was more of a you know I don't know about you, but I collected baseball cards, not comics, when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> or, I like I like I was a big fan of Batman. Oh, cool. But yeah, I was, DC though. I, yeah, I it's DC. DC. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, the enemy. rivals. It's, well, no, not went, the enemy. Not the enemy. I also went to USC, so that's uh, also I'm rival. riding that team. Yes, <laughs> man. Are you like a? Uh, as long as you're not a Clipper fan. No, I'm not a Clipper fan. <laughs> No, I like the Clippers. I'm yeah. just, I was trying to think of what else. What else What's the opposite of the Lakers? Oh, a Giant fan. But yeah. if you were a Giants fan, yeah. uh, if the Dodgers, you know, yeah, Dodgers, yeah, Giants, yeah. I would be upset at you. <laughs> yeah, there'd be too much. You'd be gone. Yeah, me too. I'd have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's three, three yeah. strikes. But uh, so so anyway, yeah, to answer your question, you know, uh, the, the, the show is created by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who did The O.C. and Gossip mm-hmm. Girl. So they're really focused on writing characters, which is good. It's It's... You know, and you also have some budget restraints on television, so they have to kind of write great story arc, character mm-hmm. arcs, because you're not going to have 45 minutes of special effects. Yeah, sure. You're gonna have, but, I mean, they definitely sp- spent money on the special effects, but not as if you're going to the, the movies. Yeah. Well, as an actor, that's a good thing, I feel like. Definitely. <laughs> They're spending the mon- time on the character and then instead of the explosions. Definitely. I mean, and... In, in, uh, you know, not to say like the, the 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 kid characters and the adults as well, all have uh, by well, kids, high school kids, all have certain powers mm-hmm. and abilities which they do craft well in visual effects. 
But yes, there are some layers to explore as an actor. And that's because of the writers and Josh and Stephanie who wrote on the OC and Gossip Girl and all these great shows were the characters. Were relied really on the characters. Yeah. yeah. And there's great music. And you know, I'm really impressed. When I went into it, I just was like, what is this? And am I going to be wearing t- tights or what? Which would be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But I just had no idea yeah. what the show was about. And then I've, I've, I've really been impressed with what they've done with it, especially the second season, which... I don't know when you're going to put this out there, but airs uh, December 21st, so it's coming up. Okay. And well, it's this a lot. will come out before that. Yeah, and the first season was kind of building up to who these kids were and getting in, in the conflict between... Them, them finding out that their parents are villains and, yeah. Exactly. Like, what if your parents were actually evil? You know, which is a great concept anyway, because yeah. the, the woman who plays my wife and I, we, we get into this organization called The Pride, thinking we're going to be altruistic and helping the world through our science, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's feeding the homeless, the starving, you know, uh, water issues, irrigation, like all these great lofty ideals. And, but then it's like the mob, you know, it's like the Godfather. Once you're in, you can't get out. And there's, <laughs> yeah. there's some really yeah. nefarious things going on. So uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, it, it, the first season, oh right, is the kids figuring this out and then going on the run no spoilers at the end of the season mm-hmm. and then this season season two they're on the run there's action because i think people love the first season really nice compliments but i think some if there was a small gripe it was well what when are they going to run away you know the yeah, name of the show called is runaways. runaways yeah yeah <laughs> we're, so, we're getting to it <laughs> yeah we're getting to it patience is a <laughs> virtue they will run but we want to extend this out so i can pay for private school Everybody yeah there you my, go for my children so, so now they're running and the action's starting. And yeah, they're staying in this big, um, which is in the comic, this like crazy hostel lair, okay. abandoned mansion. And that's a, a big set piece for the show and for the comic. And that's where the kids are kind of hiding out. And okay, cool. Parents are searching for them. And the parents have a whole other thing with this character named Jonah. He was introduced in the first season. And he's an alien. And it just gets pretty complex. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's okay. cool. I mean, yeah. I never thought I was going to be involved in a show like this, but people are great, and I'm having fun. That's awesome. Did yeah. you, you know, so at this point in your career, are you, uh, are you auditioning, getting offers? Is it both? Is it? I would say both. I mean, definitely in TV, uh, the it's mo- uh, mainly at an offer ish level. Level. Um, you know, sometimes for like a big show, you have to kind of throw your hat in the ring once and show them what you're going to do. But you know, in films. Most actors, if it's a big film, you gotta kind of get in there and meet the director. Yeah, but but that's after you know twenty five years of doing this. I mean, I've I've auditioned hundreds of times sure. in my life, and and you know people are like, hey, that's so great, you did forty eight TV shows, but there's also probably like a, over a hundred I didn't get. You know, what I mean? I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. more, yeah. yeah. But you're always kind of auditioning for the next job. To you're auditioning to meet people, sure, and it's kind of a small community. And so you might not get one, but the next one, the casting director will be like, but you're perfect for this. Totally. You're yeah. making fans. I mean, there's so many times where I, my agent's like, hey, they love you, 
but you didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, they love you. It's like, oh, the, well. Okay. They want to belong. Yeah, they oh, no, they're going to yeah. bring you in. I've heard a lot. Like, they're not going to use, but they're going to find something for you. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'll be waiting. <laughs> and a few times that has happened. Yeah. You know, where they have found something and you don't have to. You know, like, I, I remember I did, uh, I auditioned for CSI a couple of times. Uh-huh. Didn't get it. And then I ended up getting offers to work on all three CSIs. But I had to kind of audition a couple times. Oh, interesting. Because, for whatever reason. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. And then it was like, we're not going to put him through the pain of auditioning again. Like, like he did it. Right, he he did well. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, this was years ago, but like he did well and, and he wasn't right for those parts. But hey, does he want to do this on the regular CSI, then New York, then Miami? I think I, I should get some sort of plaque for being on all three CSIs. <laughs> yeah, you should. Wasn't there a fourth one, though? There was one in CSI, Miami, New I did York. Miami. I did New York. I did the original. It was like a there was like a New Orleans one or something, right? Maybe. I know there's an NCIS New Orleans, but or CSI like Cyber. Well, CSI got, Cyber. Yeah. It was short lived. They owe you a couple roles. You gotta complete I mean, the. Why was it I on Cyber? Yeah. <laughs> I would have hit for the cycle. Yeah. It's a home run. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I tell actors that all the time. Like, look. You you know you you're. It's like I remember seeing this video by Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was talking about like somebody paid for this room. For you to act, mm-hmm. you know, this is like opening night for you. Go in, have it in your body, go for it, make choices, and be proud of yourself. Because the chances are you're probably not going to get the part. Sure, yeah. But you're making fans as a professional. Okay. You're a professional. You know so that's I mean? almost more the goal. 100%. Then because there's so many things out of your control. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm getting into producing now. I've produced a film and... I have a production company and it's like, because I, and I know you can't hire every, everybody. Yeah. You can only hire one person. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that like five or six people aren't going to be great for that particular role, but like it's an uphill battle. You know, the, the it's a numbers game yeah. in, in a lot of ways, but I do feel like the cream rises to the top. Like if you consistently do good work, people will, will want to work with you. Makes sense. And, and I've been hired a lot by repeat customers too. So you're kind of well, like, you, oh. you must not be a, a diva on set either. Right. I guess yeah, not. I guess right. I did okay because yeah. I got a call again for that person. But then I've also had to audition for people I know, just like, I'm sorry, they, you got to come in because there's other producers and not gotten it. But yeah. it's, hey, you were great, man. But they went with a, you know, African American woman. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, I can't argue with that. No. <laughs> yeah. Although like, my mother will be like, well, I still think you could have done you, it. Yeah, I'm you like, could have oh, done it. Yeah. I don't know, mom. I remember you when you used to go into well, my closet. You're like, no, mom, stop. Yeah. I mean, well, I know I've dressed, uh, uh, I've been in dresses on stage. I've played all sorts of play- characters. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, the, in TV and film, it's, it's kind of based more in like what you see. Yeah, sure. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's weird getting older, too. It's like I used to be kind of the young, friend and you yeah. know back in the mid 90s when i started and like now i'm like the the dad of two well, the beard's nice too it gives yeah. me a little uh, maturity yes. yeah a little maturity and once i kind of grew the beard i i it's like i've been working non-stop <laughs> yeah it's, it's probably not my talent it's just yeah. the beard it's the beard something about it that's just i can't even grow the beard i don't connect here oh really connect. where does it oh on the sides on the sides there's a little strip of no connecting interesting yeah. well you can get a little like spirit gum and like uh Old school theater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little, little. Hair. You can even, <laughs> you can even get people get like uh, hair plugged, hair transplants into their face. Too. Do they really? Yeah, I've done some research. Well, but then you permanently have to wear it. What if you get a role that you're? Well, maybe you can you can shave it down, right? Because it's still in the roots. Oh, 
maybe you know I'm not, I'm not sure it sounds delicate know, man you got a good look without the beard yeah like, you I could know. be like a young attorney a young yeah. doctor young cop young cop yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah. like i'm playing a lot of weird dudes and like quirky guys and the beard seems to help it I don't seems know. to be working i guess but i've also you know shaved the beard many times but for like yes tech guys or lawyers or, sure yeah and they always i always just keep it until they're like you know i think you're I wouldn't have a beard. I'm like, really? I think I kind of want to have a beard. Yeah. I'm too like, lazy. Uh, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll shave. All right, get the beard. You got to shave every day. It's yeah. Kinda, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult being a man. It's very difficult. <laughs> I know. You've played a, a bunch of tech characters that are, right? The, yeah, well, Alias was, was Alias the big was one. The, that yeah. was the, kind of the Q in the James Bond Yeah, the Q, series. yeah. Yeah, and after that, I got offered a lot of tech parts. That's what I was going to ask. That kind of, after Alias, were you kind of, typecasted as that for a I mean bit? I did get offered a lot of things that I turned down that were more tech things okay interesting which you know I just wanted to not get totally pigeonholed set that even in more stone yeah you know and since I I, I kind of went back and did a few parts on TV and guess what's different where yes the guy was smarter or whatever even on even on the runaways you know playing a scientist but sure. he's a father and he's not so kind of introverted and nerdy as his first as, character trait is father not sign not i think so yeah, like yeah. concerned father and he's he's a bit awkward but not as much as yeah. the martial character on alias was who was just like totally it was impossible for him to to even like have a conversation with a pretty girl you know what yeah, I mean? he was yeah just yeah. such an introvert such a geek and and you know i feel like i was one of the first to not to like toot my own horn but to kind of play that sort of introverted tech character mm-hmm. on television of which i i think there, there are a lot of you know i'm gonna say homages to what now, i created now it's like a like a stock character almost. yeah yeah I'm, I'm, i feel like i created it you're the guy i feel like i should get a little percentage. there could be like a guy dressed like you at like disneyland or something yeah not, or like a character a character yeah. walking around i would be like who's that the but character. uh you know anyway so yeah there there, there was some typecasting but i but i feel like i i was able to kind of play a number of different roles over the years were kind of spread it out just for me. I was able to, yeah. cause I wanted to be challenging for me too. Sure. You know, it, this, this day and age in the, in the business, I think that, you know, the typecasting does occur, but it's really up to the actor to hopefully try to, even if you're playing a, a similar type of character to try to try to bring a different aspect of yourself. Mm-hmm. You still can, even if the guy's a, Job, a tech same. or a smart guy or a jock or a, yeah whatever you're playing yeah. a lawyer you don't have to you know like you're playing the king a king could be uh, a meek king yeah could be a strong king, king just, yeah exactly it's a king it's just a title like so i kind of learned that quickly i'm like well you know whatever i'll just kind of figure out whoever this person is even if i'm playing a villain he's not i don't need to play him like mustache twirling villain he's a like person. a monocle or something yeah yeah exactly unless <laughs> you're but i did do like a disney movie where i was kind of playing a a, a a kind of traditional, you know, almost uh, uh, mustache rolling villain. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Where you're kind of like, well, I'm going to lean into it because it's Disney. Yeah. You know, so you kind of have to read the room, like we were read talking the room, about before, okay, yeah. figure out like, well, what would work for this? Yeah. You know. Looking you up, I found, so, how did you get involved in the, the show Polly? I, you know, I actually watched, I actually found an episode. Did you really? Yeah, there's an episode. <laughs> on YouTube? Yeah, there's an episode on oh YouTube. God. And it's the. I was younger than you. Polly Shore is like, finds out that you're at dinner with him or something. And there's that woman with him that's being paid to like babysit him. I don't know if you can remember this. And you like pull like 87 cents out of your pocket. You're like, I got 87 cents. What does that get me? Yes. And it's like, it's oh, really I don't funny. even remember that, funny. but that's pretty funny. It yeah. was very, well, the, the, 
it was it was my first series regular. I think I was twenty four. Okay, wow. What year was that? Ninety seven is what. It's oh no, so I was twenty six. Twenty six. Okay, I was twenty six, and I had done some guest spots prior to that, and you know, boatload of theater for for small audiences, and uh, and, and some sold out, but uh, <laughs> the. I auditioned for that, and he was kind of a—he was supposed to be a Quentin Tarantino working in the um, uh, 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 video rental store. Remember that was yeah, that's that how was it Tarantino's job. Yeah, and he was like Paulie Shore's buddy, and it was going to be on after Married with Children, and okay. it was like there were la- Married with Children was a huge hit at the mm-hmm. time, and they were launching Paulie as that raunchy kind of man-child, and his dad, oh, yeah. this actor David Dukes, not the racist politician, but uh, a great theater actor. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, uh, uh, marries a young woman. And, and so Polly's like stepmom is only a couple years older. He's beautiful. Oh, funny. That's okay, it was very Fox episode. at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the network Fox. And, uh, I had a great time, man. I got this part. I couldn't believe it. Like I auditioned and went through the testing and the network. And I remember the two guys that created the show, Stan Zimmerman and James Berg, they're still friends of mine. They're like, they remind me to this day, like, we broke your career. Like, we were the first ones. And I was like, yeah. I mean, the show only lasted, we filmed seven, it aired five, and then yeah. they canceled it. But it was awesome. Like, I filmed in front of a live audience. Paulie was really cool. I'm still friends with him. Okay, and nice. Was, really was nice that guy. the first thing that you got that felt like, wow, I'm like, make, I'm oh, like definitely. making it? I was like, getting series regular paid, like series yeah. regular money. I couldn't believe it. You can tell it. people you're on a show with people, someone that, they, you know, Polly Shore at A the real time. show. Yeah. yeah. And my mother and like my friends came to the taping. Oh, nice. My first guest spot was on Frasier and my mother came to that. Okay. A live taping of that. I had like four lines nice. with Kelsey Grammer. I was this painter, but kind of funny, like a funny bit. And my mother like was, couldn't believe it. Like sitting at Paramount where we shoot the runaway. So that's like, oh, that's like, cool. Oh, Full man, circle. Yeah. Like it was amazing. Like, and, and she was just so seeing my mother that happy was almost the, almost better than getting the job. You know what I that's mean? Really she cool. loved Frasier. Oh, really? okay. So to like see, her, show, see you on it. Yeah. You're on Frasier. What? So, but then Polly, yeah. I mean, my friends came to see it and, and it was, you know, totally kind of, I'm not going to say like toilet humor, but like, Pretty juvenile humor, sure. but that was what those shows were. Yeah, and we were having fun. Yeah, you know, Polly and I, we improvised a little. We had a good time. Nice. Yeah, and uh, it kind of helped to get because the thing about the business too is like, you know, you almost need to be verified a little yeah, bit. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like Twitter or whatever. Like, oh, you got the blue check. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, they hired you for that. Okay, you must be. Well, good. you must be like a yeah. And so you get in rooms more. It's still up to you. You have to audition and. Sure, that, but they can but be like, well, who's this guy? Like, oh, he was just in the show with Paulie Shore. Like, oh, okay. okay yeah, yeah. yeah, he was on a major network show. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't my fault it was canceled. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, hey, I was just hired to be Paulie's friend. Uh-huh. Not to say it was Paulie's fault. Sorry, Paulie, you're any chance you're listening to this. <laughs> but uh, for whatever reason, it, you know, it didn't make it. But um, yeah, you almost need to kind of get in get in the game. And yeah. then once you're in the game, you, you have to still, you know, nothing is given to you. You know, you're only as good as your last job almost like to a certain degree, like you still have to kind of work mm-hmm. and you have to be motivated because I, I, I think 
you can't rest on your laurels for an audition because at the end of the day, you got to go in and you have to do it. Yeah. Or if you get the job, you still have to do it. You have to be prepared. Sure. Even if they offer you something, it's almost like, oh, there's almost more pressure when they offer it to you because, oh, we love your work. We can't oh, wait to see you what you're going to do. Live up to it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, keep your expectations low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. But yeah, uh, like, let's I guess at least if you audition, you're like, well, I know they liked how I, these choices I made. Or if it's an offer, it's just like, they can right. just hate. I, they haven't seen anything. Right. Like, that's not what they were thinking at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, actually, yeah. We, made we need to talk. Well, that's why if I do, when I, you know, when I get offered stuff, I always kind of talk to the director of the showrunner or have a conversation like, hey, th- I was thinking this guy is like this, or he's insecure about this, or is that what you guys were thinking? Okay, you know, so let, yeah. let's just, you know, not, not like, oh, I'm going to do it this way. Or I'm going to say the line this way. Just more like. Let me understand who this person is. So you don't come in just completely off from right. what they're thinking. Yeah, like this domineering, you know, drunk yeah. guy when he's like, oh, actually, no, he's a sober, uh, meticulous uh, OCD guy. Oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. Not- <laughs> okay. Good thing we talked. Yeah, good thing yeah. we talked. Exactly. So I always, and that's the thing. I mean, like in this business, like it's collaborative. Everybody wants you to be good. There's no, there are no gatekeepers and stuff like that. It's like, hey, we're just working it out. So when I go into an audition, you know, in the past for audition, it's like, I'll talk to the director or producer if he's there or she and say, you know, hey, I'm a little confused. Like, is this person like this? Or, you know, just to get an idea of who the the human being is. Mm -hmm. You know, never like, did you like that? Or was that good? Yeah. Like, I I don't, I'm not concerned about if you liked it or what you thought it was good or bad. I just want to make sure that I am representing who this person is in this story. To the best of my ability. Okay, yeah. And then if I if you want me to do it, great. If not, see you later. Like I don't really care. Yeah. You know that much, and I maybe can say that more. You know, since I've been doing it a long time, being able to make a living. But you have to have that attitude. Like I'm just here to do my job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's, I, mean, I guess you have enough confidence in your in your skill as an actor where you're not. You don't have to ask. You know, maybe you're someone starting out. They do it and then look at the director and go, "I do good." You right, know, which of, I get, and we yeah. all have that. That's human nature. Yeah, but totally. I'm saying, like, try to forget that. Yeah. I'm, listen, I, I have to practice what I preach, too. I'm sure. not saying it's the easiest thing in the world. But, like, you have to take that side of it out of it. And yeah. just, you're a craftsman or woman, and you're going in there to do your job, and we're all just part of this this puzzle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're just trying to put this puzzle together of telling a story. So. Yeah. How can I tell this story to, to, and people say, Oh, are you nervous? You ever get nervous? Like the only times I get nervous is when I'm ill prepared. Sure. Like, Fuck. I should have, I should have gotten this in my system more Weird. because now I'm just thinking about like, wait, what, what am I saying? And what's happening? Yeah. I want to go in there, whether it's an audition or I'm working and just be relaxed in your bones, ready to just, just no tension. I'm just a person in this moment tell, doing this thing that will help tell the story. Yeah. Just stay present. Just stay present. But if, you, if you're if you not prepared, how can you be present? Sure, yeah. You're trying to remember what, what happens next. Well, or? Yeah, which is okay. I mean, you can still get by, but it's not going to be great. the optimum way to do your job. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm not saying you have to like figure out how you're going to say it or anything like that. Just get it in there. So you can then just be relaxed yeah, and be open to being a person. How, how do you see how you prepare for a role now versus, you know, 15 years ago? Is there a, is there a different method? It's pretty or? much the same, man. Yeah. I mean, like, 
I, I just kind of, I try to memorize things by rote. Like okay. I don't put too much inflection on them. I okay, just sure. get just the, the words. Know the words. There. Know the words. Know what's happening. Figure out what's happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. Figure out what my conflicts are, what my objectives are. You know, maybe run it a few times with a, a couple friends of mine who are great actors and say, hey, come over. I want to have a big scene on Thursday. And I don't wait till the last. I try. I mean, a lot of times you'll get an audition or, or words, uh, stuff will be rewritten and you, and you kind of have to wait till the last minute. But for the mm-hmm. most part, like, I think the industry tries to respect you- the actor's process unless it's the pilot season and they understand, like, hey, a lot of stuff is happening at the last minute. Yeah. Sorry, here's six pages. You got to do it tomorrow. <laughs> but everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. So you just do your best. Yeah. Get it in there. It's okay to look at the page mm-hmm. for an audition. I'm not saying you have to be off book and all that for auditions, but just figure out what you're gonna do yeah it's not a cold reading class yeah you know what i mean yeah make like, some choices take make some choices <laughs> yeah. and, and, and be confident in your choices but when i'm working yeah i just i want to make sure i've i've it's always been the same you know and i'll also you know I'll, I'll figure out ways to augment it for me too like you know what what you know, and I and I don't want to tell people to improvise, but a lot of my career has been adding to the material, but within the context of the character. Like I, I improvised a lot on Alias. Okay, I was kind of given the green light because that's what happened in the audition, and that was the nature of the character. He kind of rambled on, mm-hmm. like I'm doing now. But he, uh, so he was. I was able to do that, but only within the context of the character. If I tried to do it just to make people laugh, yeah, it didn't really work. It had to be because I was committing to the love of this lipstick camera that I created. Okay. Not like, hey, I'm doing a little bit for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Because that takes the audience out of it. Yeah, then they see the actor maybe trying to... Right. Exactly. Am I watching watching a comedy routine or am I watching a human being fully committed to something which makes it funny? Yeah. It's like Lucille Ball. Like she committed to stomping on the grapes or whatever, the legendary... Yeah, the scene if you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Like she was just like making wine, and you know that wasn't rehearsed. She just like was committing to stepping. Actually, yeah, doing doing that, doing it, not like showing a presentation of someone doing it. She was trying to smash the grapes. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what was funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's a major distinction I think between a lot of comics or improvisational actors who come up through improv and I'm not knocking them, but mm-hmm. like they don't have the concept of like what it is to be a trained actor. It's not to make people laugh per se. It's to commit to sure. human folly or fallibility, which, which is often funny. Yeah. Through that, like, you know, that kind of brings back to, you know, Meisner, which is that you have like an activity where you come in oh, with yeah. an activity, which is like, you know, something as simple as maybe like lace these shoes and then there's the objective. Someone has, you know, someone comes in and you have to, you know, while trying to lace these shoes and it's not, you're actually trying to lace these shoes. Commit to lacing the shoes. Yeah. I, I always try to figure, you know, get to set a little bit early Okay. when we're about to rehearse and just figure out like, okay, like what are, what type of props are, especially like I'm playing a scientist. Mm -hmm you know, a lot of the times we're in our office 
And I would be very comfortable with this stuff if this was my real office. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, you know, you're here, you're going to pick up your guitar. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to like, take uh, this Yeah, like guitar. stiff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just like, oh, what? And you're just maybe noodling while we're talking. Yeah. Or you have to be comfortable. I mean, I always make the joke like Tom Cruise and Cocktail. Like, that motherfucker, like, learned how to oh, make drinks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was flipping them and doing I mean, it's an old movie, but, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, sure, he was comfortable. You could tell it, you know, yeah. hundred. Yeah, he was so comfortable. He was, like, flipping and doing. So I, I want to be that comfortable on set. You know what I mean? Like, so the audience isn't seeing the acting. You sure. Know? I, if I ever wrote a book, I would just say, no acting, please. No acting. Just, yeah, don't act. Don't, please, for the love of God, don't. Because I remember I was doing a play with my theater company, and, and uh, one of my favorite acting teachers, we we he, he was uh, uh, the head of uh, acting at, at Loyola Marymount, Ron okay. Marasco. He has a book, Ron Marasco, M-A-R-A-S-C-O. I can't remember the name of the book, but it's a book on acting. Highly recommend you get okay. it. Ron Marasco. It's very practical, like very hands-on tools. Okay. And I remember we were doing a play. I was about 24 years old. It was called Sophistry by Jonathan Mark Sherman. And it, it was done in New York with Ethan Hawke's company and Steve Zahn. I played the part that Steve Zahn, great okay, comic nice. actor. You know Steve Zahn? Yeah, I know Steve Zahn, yeah. Uh, Saving Silverman. Of course. Yeah, and yeah. Jack Black and yeah. many others. Yeah. There's been so much stuff. And um, I remember I was like in a scene on... And I got a lot of attention for this part, but I... I thank Ron Marasco for basically getting my career started because I think I was so enamored of my like comedy mm -hmm, that I was sure. just so big in the rehearsals and trying so much stuff. Yeah. And he just stopped me one day. He's like, what are you doing in this scene? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to do it. He's like, no, no, no. Like physically, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm drinking coffee. Okay. That's all I want you to do. You're drinking coffee. Just drink the fucking coffee. Like you're making a show about coffee. Yeah. Is this a show? Is a one man show about you drinking coffee? Calm <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, what was I doing? Like a lot? Yes. I don't know what you're doing. You know, in a loving way. Sure. And, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. So just focused on the talking, act. but like not even, almost not even looking at the actor. And I'm not saying don't look at, just drinking the coffee, whatever, drinking coffee, being subtle, being subtle, being subtle, chipping away. Yeah. And I'm still to this day chipping away. Like just to the mo the purest form of human. Like we are now. Sure, yeah. Well, there's no... Yeah, you, you're trying to find that when you're acting, right? The truthfulness of just... Like, People think it's easy, but it's not. No, to be totally unencumbered. Yeah. And be in the moment and listening. You know, you should be able to turn the volume. He used to say this too. Turn the volume down on your TV. And you can watch actors. And you can tell who good actors are by turning the volume Interesting. Down. Who seems the most human? Because, yeah, then, then there's no words to disguise it or anything like that. You can just see how they're reacting from the other person. Right, because the yeah. words are not the life, right? They're the product of the life. Like, sure, yeah. What's the life? Yeah. What are we doing in this fucking scene? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not like yeah, the words, a writer might beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? They might, but that's why we each got our own part in the thing. Yeah, like David Mamet. I mean, he wrote a book like that. It's all about the writers. I know. Yeah, I, I, I read that book on acting. I even have it. Yeah, it, there are great things in that book, like all, action, ob objective, sure. You know, conflict resolution, super objective, simplicity things. Yeah, great. But I don't believe in the stuff like say it by rote. Let's say it like a like a monotone. 
you know, and I think yeah, he says just like say, like speak up, stand up straight, and say your words and shut up. It's basically like his yeah. theory. Like I feel like that's his thesis, and I think that's a, it is. And I think he came from a good place. It was a reaction to I think a lot of bad actors, sure, almost like taking method and just going too, uh, almost too showy with it or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where, where it became false. Yeah. So he's like, he was trying to tilt the scale back the other way. I think it lies in the middle, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like we know that it's a fabricated environment. Like I know there's a camera there. Like I'm a technician too. Sure. Yeah. You don't have to, but I can still be emotional. The goal isn't to, to not know that that's there. Right. Yeah. To just like be disrespectful of other actors and to the process of like, Oh, there's marks and yeah. Like we actually have to be technicians too. And that's something that you learn. That's, that's the other thing. Like when you're, you were asking me about like, what's different now, 20 something years later, it's like, I know exactly, like I don't have to worry about marks. I don't have to worry about like how, where to look. Sure. Okay. I know when, when the camera, I know how to kind of adjust for my light or, or, okay, if I can't see the camera, the camera can't see me. Yeah. You know, find the camera if I have to, how to work under pressure, running out of time, stuff like that. That's just 10,000 hours. You know, that's yeah, just like just doing going it. through it, saying your words to a, a, a C stand because there's no room for another actor. To yeah. Or they're hiding behind there. the camera. Yeah. Exactly. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or green screens or whatever. I mean, we work yeah. now with green screens on the runaways and, or we have like, there's a dinosaur that like, we create in the show and there's like six dudes, like puppeteers. That's like, got to be fun to, to watch. Like a sweaty dude. Working <laughs> yeah, and, like, and I'm like talking to a dinosaur, like being scared. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be kind of cool to work with green screen when that you get to see it afterwards. It's like completely different than working on it. It is, yeah. but it's also a little bit like, oh my, maybe I would have played it differently if I had actually seen, seen the thing. What, what? Yeah, yeah, but you know, like you're like, oh, it's that tall. Yeah. yeah. I probably should have been a little more scared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same thing with ADR too. It's like, yeah, it's totally false. Yeah. A lot of times it's like, Oh, sorry, there was wind. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. You know, but you have to just kind of, and I've been doing it for so long too. I kind of know how to fake it as best I can. Mm. It, I'm still going to know it was an ADR line. Yeah. But your hope is that an ADR for people that don't know is like when the, the, the sound on set was either ruined by an airplane or they want to add a line to help explain the story, which is usually the case, like extra dialogue off camera, which is better because if it's on camera, you're matching your, yeah. Your, uh, yeah. I've, I've seen ADR that I've done and like, I've talked to people like, can you tell that that's different? And like, to me, it sounds like the, they sound mix it right. But it just, if there's something that just feels hollow about it, can they, can they tell? No, the thing I'm talking about, they couldn't tell. Right. It's but, like telling people, like never tell people after a show, like, oh, that, you saw a terrible oh, show. Oh, yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it was great. You yeah. Know, like nobody knows. You know, except us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was fine. I think that's something in the Mammoth book, though, too, where he talks about how, like, you know, you could think you had a bad performance, but if the audience thought it was a good performance, that's all that, you know, or if, the audi- if you communicated to the audience, yeah. that's what matters, not how you feel. Totally. That happened in, uh, I remember the day we were shooting something on the runaways and I was like, oh, I felt so false. A couple lines. Yeah. But they had to move on because, you know, what's TV. You got to run. Sure, yeah, they got to go. It's almost like an indie film sometimes. Like, hey, we got three more pages. And uh, my one of the lines made it in the trailer. And I was oh, like. Oh, wow. That actually turned out pretty well. That's but so like funny. in my mind, I was like, I'm not connected. 
Yeah. You know? That's funny how yeah, that happened. I just happened. said the line uh, clearly, and I was like, oh. And everyone else there. was like, oh, I really like that. And yeah, like, I guess. Made okay. it in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Must have been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And everyone that's watched is like, hey, that's I liked r- when you said that line in the trailer. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. That's I so it funny. <laughs> so it's you funny. never really know, man. I yeah. mean, you just have to hope. Like, editing is a huge process, too. And I've been lucky to work with great showrunners and editors. Yeah, they like kind of craft Abrams your performance, right? Josh Schwartz, yeah. yeah. I mean, they help. You, you, have yeah. to, you have to obviously deliver, but like, yeah, you got to hope that someone knows how to mine your performance. And yeah. Really, it's, it's like, it's another performance, the editing. Yeah, absolutely. It's different than the stage where yeah. it's all you, so you just, you just better hope. And you know, sometimes you watch stuff and you're like, oh, wow, I wish they hadn't used that take, but you know, yeah. I'm not going to mention any shows, but sometimes you're just like, oh, not as good post-production team as something like the runaways or yeah. alias or scorpion or like these shows, these big shows, better call Saul that I've worked on that. You're just, yeah, that like, was a great, that was a that was great. To yeah. See I mean, that was just the first episode. episode of that. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was sweet. It was kind of a legendary episode too. It turned out because it was the moment where they, uh, you find out how he got his name. Yeah. Saul. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so they run it the in a watch, lot of trailers. You want, you want the watch, right? Yeah. The watch. Exactly. So I'll get like my chiropractors. always like, Hey, you want to buy a watch? I'm like, oh, you're still bringing up that old chestnut. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. But I mean, that turned out great because you've got Vince Gilligan and these guys yeah. that are just like unbelievable award-winning filmmakers. Sure. It's like a movie, so you're beholden to other people. Yeah, in this industry, unless you make your own stuff. Yeah, you know, which is hard. It's hard to get the money. Yeah, it's hard for people to want to pay for your dream. It's <laughs> like I'm trying to hop onto the coattails of other successful people. Yeah, keep hiring me, and I'll just I'll go, come in. Yeah, yeah, I'll do my. Uh, I'll do my other projects, you know, you're trying to get off the ground, but it's, uh, like I said, it's, especially in TV now, a lot of film people have come over to TV, great, legendary yeah, actors, right. directors, writers. Well, like studios know. don't make dramas anymore, really, so. No, it's all Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and uh, sequels. Sure, branded. Yeah. Things, so, yeah. I mean, they make indie films, but you look at, like, what's going to be up for Academy Awards this year. Alfonso Cuaron did a movie called Roma, which I think is all in Spanish. Yeah. I, I've just been seeing some billboards around town and they're like some amazing that's the one quotes on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what like, they're this saying. This is cinema. It's purest form. I think was one of the, so I was like, all right. Okay. Yeah. I guess I have to well, watch it's going to be on Netflix though. That's the crazy Yeah. It's going to be on Netflix, right? Yeah. I, in the theaters for like a week. So it can qualify. Qualify for Academy. And then Netflix, which is crazy. But yeah. because I don't think it can make any money in the theater because people aren't going to pay for they're it. They're going to go see Aquaman, yeah. Yeah, Aquaman. You well, know. even Scorsese's new movie is going to be on Netflix, The Irishman. Is that right? Yeah, and I'm really super psyched about it because it's got, it's a reunion. It's got Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, I think Al Pacino. Oh, uh, you know, it's got like yeah, all, all the all the guys in it. The legends. The legends, yeah. Wow. But yeah, it's going to be on Netflix. Yeah, like when Heat came out of him, was like, okay, De Niro and Pacino, Pacino yeah, like, in the scene together. That, that scene where they're sitting at a table across from each other is great. It's funny if you watch that movie because it's Michael Mann's, he shot it. No, he didn't shoot that one on digital. I think he shot Collateral on digital. Okay. With Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, and You watch yeah. it now, and you're kind of like, yeah, that was definitely the beginning of digital. Like, I feel like it's gotten a little better, the quality. It looks more like film again, the digital now, release. Yeah, yeah, then it was kind of like, oh, wow, that's super two-dimensional. Yeah. Because I was watching it on cable the other day. I mean, it's great. You know, the performances are great, and it's a great story. But it looks but a little like... what? what? Uh, just a little like digitally. TV, yeah. like older TV or something. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah kind of... Even though older TV was shot on film, Aliens yeah, was oh, yeah, shot sure. on film. Oh wow, yeah. X Files that I did was shot on film. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Better Call Saul was shot on film. Better Call Saul was shot on film. Not anymore. This was the first year they did it on digital video. Oh, okay. But it looks great. Like you wouldn't know the difference because they figured out how to light it. It's all about the lighting. Yeah. With with that stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not make it look. Make it look soft and kind of rich. Exactly. The tone and color correction and all that. To, yeah. To really make it, you know. All it's the, hard all the, with lighting, but it's hard when you're doing like those daytime shots. Yeah. It's just like blue skies. It does still seem a little like a discovery. Un- it sounds like an. I feel like it does sometimes. Yeah. But there was this thing, Tom Cruise and uh, who was the director? I think who directed Mission Impossible. This last one just did a PSA. It's all over Twitter. Did you see this? I don't know. Take the motion flow off your. Oh yes, TV. the TV. Yes, I I hate that thing. Got to turn off the motion. Yeah, flow. no, I can't stand that because it makes it look like, like a video. Sick, it make it look. It makes it look to me like a soap opera. Like a soap opera. And you know what's scary is that my parents, uh, they don't even notice it. They don't notice. Like it. I come to my, I come to. My, I don't even watch TV. I only have net. I don't, you know, have Netflix and Hulu and stuff. I don't have. Uh, cable. But even on Netflix and Hulu, the motion flow would. Oh, it would. Well, then this TV's too old. I don't. It, I, whatever's oh. on here, I don't have to do it. Oh, you don't have a motion flow option on this TV. I don't think so. Oh, okay, because I a, did it this morning, and it was on like... Oh, really? Because it's like an eight-year-old TV. Oh, yeah. It might not have it. It might not have it. But, but mine, I turned off today. Oh, really? Just today? And it made a difference. Yeah. Because I was watching Killing Eve. Okay, this, yeah. It's a great show, and then all of a sudden, I was like, it looks a little better. Yeah, it looks And I turned better. on like Cinema Pro. Yeah. So it had a little little more muted tones. Oh, nice. <laughs> but your parents don't notice it? No, my parents, <laughs> I said... I, you like this? And they go, no, we don't, we don't, don't touch the TV. We like how it is. I said, it's so bad. It even makes the acting look worse to me. Right. Cause I'm like, I don't know. It seems like a home video or something. You know what we, I was watching game of Thrones in my bedroom yeah. a couple years ago and I've since adjusted it. And it, I had a friend over and she was like, this looks like a pornographic video. The acting, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe not the acting, but just the way that it was so bright. Okay. Yeah. And like st- like the stilted camera or something. I'm like, that looks terrible. Like, what's going on? This isn't how I watched it when I watched it on my iPad. Yeah. And then I figured out it was the settings. It was the settings. So but pe- that's how the settings come now. Yeah. They come with these, like, it's that's weird. So weird. Yeah, why? I don't know. Manufacturer settings. Yeah, I don't know why. It's somehow it's like, quote unquote, like better. Like, because it's I, there's clearer, more, there's more, more frames HD. per second in that, right? Is that right. what it is? Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's crisper, but crisper. I don't want it crisper. No. I like the old school. Like, I'll watch old school Scorsese and yeah. Coppola films and like, 70s golden age just because i love how those films look man. yeah it's, it's conversation french connection like yeah, this movies, beautiful man. like it's, an, it's like a novel yeah instead of like gorgeous uh, even earlier early episodes of alias like first two seasons season three they started incorporating hd in the frame okay because it was around 2004 but not the camera obviously but those first two seasons man someone was telling me like hey i watched first season I swear to God, it looks like a 70s TV show. I'm like, yeah. That's awesome. Like Mannix or something. Like yeah. something with like Steve McQueen in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a dream role that you haven't played or that you want? It's like a role no, like... I just I, want to keep working, man. Yeah. yeah, and do stuff that is, as I get older, it's fun to kind of incorporate, you know, now that I'm playing a father of two teenage girls on the show, like it's fun to be more empathetic and like, ha- you know what I mean? Sure, to, yeah access that side of myself but in terms of like stuff that's already been written you you know uh sure i mean there's people i want to work with but of course you know you want to play the the legends the king lears you know okay yeah yeah, or even like i'm going to see brian dennehy in uh, craps last tape which is a samuel beckett play okay one actor on stage and he he 
he does this, uh, I'm seeing it at the Geffen, he does this practice of recording himself on his birthday every year, like recording a, uh, a letter to himself. Okay. And he's turning 69, I think, in the show. And he finds an old tape from 30 years ago when he was 39. And he's having a conversation with his 39-year-old oh, self. Yeah. It's a famous Samuel Beckett play. That's but it's cool. at, You should go see it. It's at the okay. Geffen side space. Um until for a couple more weeks. Okay. All right. Nice. It's that with a Eugene O'Neill play that he's in as well. Two one acts. Wow. uh, Called uh, Huey. And there's other actors in that one, but like something like that, like those legendary, like kind of like old man roles in like 30 years that I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause Denny, he's 80, man. Wow. Yeah. And he's supposedly great in this. Have have you done like Shakespeare in the park in New York or anything? Shakespeare? Uh, Not in the park, but I've done a lot of Shakespeare. I I played, uh, you know, Iago. uh, I want to play Iago. It's a great part. That's where did you play? I got a fellow right. Uh, Yeah, I got a fellow right there. Yeah, I want to play Iago. Did it with my theater company. Oh, you uh, did Buffalo Nights Theater Company. Yeah, here in L.A. And uh, yeah, I was probably too young at the time. Sure, but yeah, early twenties, but. Iago, you know, back then people had shorter lifespans. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he probably so was like twenty-two. 20, yeah, twenty is like forty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I would. Lo- we want to do. Um, I mean, I, speaking of man, but I think his best play is Glengarry Glenn Ross. Yeah, it's amazing. I'd love to play Roma in that okay, play. Nice, yeah. uh, you know, in, in a, we did a reading of it recently, and that is a that that's an actor's. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, part man. That's a lot yeah, of fun. So to I have that dialogue and your and memorized too is fun. I bet. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I worked on it a lot for this reading because I wanted to kind of just have fun have with it. Have it, yeah. Just have it in there because it's chunks of dialogue. And and once you get it in there, it, it's fun, man. It's like golf. You know, like I don't like do I don't like preparing necessarily and doing the work of, mm. of memorizing and getting it in there. But like once you do, it's like hitting a great shot, like a pure shot. Yeah. Because, you know, you're a good golfer. Like, you know, when you hit that like nine iron and it's going and thing it just like lands right there all that work for the yeah it paid off oh it feels so good yeah and i feel that way like if it's just in there and i'm just present like there's no other great high yeah and there's those moments as an actor where you're like oh this is why i do it yeah this is super fun even in that reading i was like man that was really fun yeah and some of my other friends who were in the reading were like oh, you nailed that and i was like thanks yeah i felt like i did that's fun and you don't always nail things but like it was because i put the time in sure you know yeah. Just to be relaxed and be looking at the other actors and some of the other actors. So that you can react off of them. And yeah, and it was just a reading. No one yeah. expected anyone to do anything, but it was just for us. But I was just a challenge to myself. And they, some of the other actors were kind of on the page the whole time. And sure. some were. And their performances weren't as good. And they didn't have as much fun. Definitely not. No. When they, no. Yeah, because you're just following. Oh, oh it's my Yeah. Guy. Yeah. And, and it's fine. Who cares? It yeah. was no audience. It was just for us. We just wanted to hear it. But just like if you're gonna do it, like why not enjoy it? Do it, yeah. You know, really be happy it. at the end of the day because with what you did, yeah. you know. Like if if you're gonna go play, if you're gonna go on the golf metaphor, if you're gonna go play golf three times a week, you might as well practice so that that golf is fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know. Right. Yeah. And you know what? My my youngest plays a baseball. Uh, was struggling a bit at the plate, but like a great fielder, mm-hmm. great baseball knowledge. Got baseball lessons with Vinny. Nice, Vinny. Used to play college ball. Vinny knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Vinny knows. Because I don't argue know. with Vinny. I'm like, well, get your elbow up and turn. And, you know, Vinny's like, Kevin, <laughs> please. Yeah, I'll say something. Yeah. And she's like, that's not what Vinny said. I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I used to play in Little League, you know, yeah. for a long time. 
And uh, and now we just had a tryout for the travel team. Was was smacking it. Nice. But because we took lessons and we go to the batting cages all the time. Yeah. There's no secret. Yeah. That's what it is. The work. Do put the work in. Of course. People yeah. just expect it to happen, happen for them. I feel and like it, with acting too, because people just feel like, well, this person just became famous, like on YouTube, or they're like, well, they may, you know, I don't know. There's this idea that maybe, I don't know. I feel like, and when you watch acting, it looks easy for the person doing it because, but it's for, it's, there's a reason that it does. There's right? a reason. And people don't realize how hard it, it yeah. is to not act. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not to say it can't be done. I mean, everybody's creative, but like to, to not be performing. Sure. Yeah. In a performance. And that's challenging. For I feel people. like as, a, as humans, we have a thing in our brain that allows us to pick up if someone's lying. Right. Like right? it's like a survival tactic so that every time any, anyone's watching any acting, that's like, activated so if, if someone is do if it's someone false. is faking people can tell right away anybody it's You're not right. like you have to be trained in acting to know bad acting like totally any, and people anyone are can, such armchair analysts too yeah like, everyone's like oh I yeah i think he was very good in that or yeah. like he played he kind of plays the same character i'm like yeah but it's, it's good every time yeah, it's good and <laughs> that's what they're least, casting me as yeah i mean you know hopefully they're not talking about me yeah. but somebody was was uh was talking about um uh, uh, the great actor, uh, uh, he was in uh, the Social Network and uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's kind of just kind of the same thing. I'm like, yeah, but he's brilliant. At yeah. It. And he's great, and he's honest, and like I believe him. I think he's a really good actor. Yeah. Like no one's saying he's Daniel Day Lewis. Like that's not his. That is. And maybe he will be one day. Maybe he sure. will play a character that was totally unlike that nervous energy or whatever. Yeah. That he he taps into. But he does it completely honestly. Like, I believe him. And that's enough. Like, as long as I believe you. Then yeah, you passed. God bless you, Liam Neeson. You know, it's yeah. similar a lot of the time. But he's brilliant. Yeah. Because you believe him. And you believe the the pathos or pathos and the, the you know, the sadness or the intimidation. But, yeah, I mean, like you were saying about, about uh, seeing lying. The other thing I was going to say about it was people... People say, "Oh, you're an actor. How can I tell? You must. You might be lying to me right now." Oh yeah. I'm like, well, you don't actually understand what what. what I, I actually, <laughs> we're trying to find the. We're actually trying to find the truth. Yeah, we're going for truth, not fake. So I'm actually yeah. not that great of a liar, you know, because yeah. I'm always kind of like trying to figure out, wait, what are you doing? You know, like, as, what's your human behavior here? You know. Yeah. As a, I'm not like a charlatan sure. walking around like pretending to be somebody. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I feel like to be like a good liar, you have to like not have empathy. Like, like, or like right, be a sociopath. Yeah, almost. which is would be a bad trait for an actor. Right. So, yeah, they don't kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, like, I mean, you look at the president. Like, he's lying all the time. But, yeah. like, he kind of <laughs> believes it so much. When he says it, sometimes you believe it. Yeah. Until you go on the internet and you're like, that's such true? bullshit. Like, what you just said about the environment is yeah. couldn't be... And he said something truth. completely different in this other interview. Right, but he says it was such conviction. Well, you know, it's like George... Because he believes it. George and Seinfeld. He has right. a line about beating the lie detector test, and he like says something. He's like, like it's not a lie if you don't if you believe it isn't or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, he says she has like a little tidbit on how to beat it. Right, and that's... I mean, that is what acting is. You have to kind of believe what the character... But like, every, no villain believes he's villainous. No, that's... Yeah, that's a big thing, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but it's true. Yeah. Like, you just have to believe whatever it is 
that your character is committing to, whether you as a person agree with it or not. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And try to put not not put judgment on it, like right. It's a thing, right? Not yeah. judge it. Not judge that or the material. You know, like I, I, if I hate material, I won't either do it or audition because I know I'll be judging the material. <laughs> well, yeah. Unless I like, come absolutely need the money to live. Yeah. I'll try to just be like, you know what? I can't. If, I mean, I try to find like something about it that's deemable. Yes. You know, because at the end of the day, we it's our profession. We have to work. But if it's absolutely abhorrent, <laughs> I just know myself. I'll be judging it while I'm doing. You yeah. Know what I mean, and that's yeah. not going to be a good performance. No, you like say a line and almost laugh at how corny it is or something. Yeah. Like, but it's or not, not commit. Yeah. And it's just going to be bad acting. Yeah. Because it's a bad line and not committing. So it's like there's nothing redeeming about it, and it will live on forever, and I will regret that I did. <laughs> so just you're busy right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm really busy. I gotta go to the gym. Yeah. And uh, no, no. So yeah, it's uh, you know, listen, I hate to pass on, on work, but that's kind of my my caveat. Yeah. These sure. days makes sense. You know. Yeah. Because there a Clerks three coming out for you, or there was was there a Clerks three? The, no. I heard they were talking about it. Yeah, but it, I haven't. You know, I'm friendly with Kevin, but I haven't. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten the word. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love your line in Clerks too. It, it's, what's the? Oh, I'll, I'll kick your. I'll kick yeah, your yeah. Ass the Hobbit back to the Shire. Yeah, yeah. I'll kick yeah. your ass back to the Shire. Dude, that movie. I did. I worked one day on that film. That's crazy, and you probably get t- brought up about it all the time. All the time, by like guys like you. Like yeah, your age, or younger, or older now, because it's been around for a while. But yeah. like. Because that movie came out in 06, you were a teenager. Yeah, I was 16. Yeah, that's like the perfect yeah, age. Yeah, it's the to perfect see age movie. to see Clerks. Yeah, it's like we're, it's totally Kevin Smith. You know, they're yeah. talking about like ass to mouth and like, <laughs> I mean, I was just like, what, Kevin? Oh my God. But yeah. that's his thing. And, but that character, it was fun because I, I got, I, it was all on the page. We got to improvise a little bit. Like, Kevin was really cool. He would just like yell lines. Oh, really? Behind, behind the, the camera? Like, try it with this line. Try it with this line. And that was one of them. He's oh, like, really? Say, I'll kick, kick your ass back to the Shire. I was like, oh, that's funny. I'll that's kick funny. your ass back to the Shire. And that one is quoted a, quoted a lot. Yeah. And, and people come up to me and they say, like, one ring to rule them all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. One <laughs> ring to rule them all. So you think, is that? Because we both have the necklace. Yeah, the yeah, Lord. exactly. It's basically, yeah. So people haven't seen it, like, Lord of the Rings. What's a better movie? I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, and Star the Wars. The other guy is Star Wars, yeah. In reality, I'd probably, me, Kevin, might choose. Star Wars for me because it was seminal as a kid. But yeah, I like Lord of the Rings too. Lord of the Rings is cool. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, of course they're both great. I just uh, I was just looking at seeing. I want to see uh, Peter Jackson's World War One documentary. You oh. see that he, he came out. I actually made no. a World War One short film and it played along with his at the same film festival as his at the Imperial War Museum in London. Oh wow! But I want to see it. Uh, he that's he, cool. Man. He I directed a, uh, a World War One documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old, and he like colorized um and uh this all this world war one footage and you know made it run smoothly so because it used to all the pieces like you know like really fast moving black yeah, and white yeah, yeah, and you yeah, look yeah. at it and you're like oh that's from like a bygone era those people it, aren't like us right but now he's made it look like like oh like that looks Fleshed like out. my friend right and this is like it's yeah. true when you do see footage from 50 years ago holocaust something horrible yeah. it does seem like a you're disconnected yeah, because a separation. of the way that it's in this grainy stop yeah. motion black and white. That's cool. And you forget that, th- you know, <laughs> you almost think that like, that's, that's how grandma. they saw the world too. 
but they their world looked you know the same color as us. Obviously. Yeah, they didn't see the world in, in black, black and white. Black and white. You're right. That's a great observation. Of but course. you kind of think they that. saw it like this. Yeah. Right. They like oh well they lived in this weird black and white world. <laughs> Real black and white world. Everyone kind of walked fat and clapped fast. Oh, sorry, I hit the mic. They, yeah. yeah. Uh, they lived yeah before color. Yeah, they lived before color. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, c- where can I see your doc and the? Oh, well, mine's, Peter a little, doc. mine's a little. Mine's a little narrative uh, short. Uh, about World War One. It, it's the it, the World War One is the back lands is the uh, background of it. But it actually came across the fact that a um, hundred thousand Jews fought for Germany in World War One. Is that right? So, and I was just like that. Just like fl- I thought that was so interesting. Obviously, with what you know happens twenty years later. Yeah. And Ju- there was. 18,000 Jews were awarded the Iron Cross for bravery in World War I. And so when the Holocaust, you know, when uh, Hitler took over and everything, there were a lot of Jews that were veterans of World War I that thought, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm a, I'm a uh, you know, a, a medal-earning veteran. Yeah. Um, so that was just very interesting. They thought they went. would be absolved from They were like, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a German. Yeah. I fought for Germany. And they I, were not, obviously, no, that didn't matter. not at all. Isn't that crazy, man? I mean, I feel like that on a much lesser scale happened in this country when, like, Vietnam veterans came. I mean, still horrible. Yeah. These people were murdered in uh, Germany. But uh, they came home, and they were kind of shunned. Sure, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I just fought for your country in horrible conditions, and you're yelling at me. Like, it's my fault. Like, I did, you know, yeah. I, w- w- for whatever reason that they were being accused of being a soldier. Yeah. Well, that and adds to so much of their PTSD because there's like a, I read, read this book called Tribe. It's by a guy named Sebastian Younger, who's like a war correspondent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did that documentary, uh, uh, Cra- on like Kurangal, oh. on like that. Af- yeah. I was thinking that the, the, the crack hour, he did the stuff on. Uh, oh, um, maybe. No, no, Krakauer did this stuff on. Oh. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say the Everest. And oh, the guys okay. Who died on John Krakauer, but he—that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about Sebastian Younger, but Seba- isn't he also a fiction writer as well, or no? Not he's that a, I know of. He's a, he's a journalist. He, he was war a war correspondent, journalist. Okay. He's made some documentaries on war, but his whole thing was that like these guys coming. Back, he kept noticing that these soldiers coming back from war were missing being overseas and being in war. Sure. And he's like, well, what is that? And it was this idea that you know they were in these small tribal groups and they were you know very necessary for each other's survival and all those kind of things that are kind of deep in our, our uh, DNA from our, uh, you know, what we used to, how we used to survive as like yeah. cavemen. Basically. Cause now we're very isolated. Yeah. Now we're homes. alone and yeah. 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 I mean, um, it's, you're right. Especially in a big city. You know, yeah. you go to your car, you go in your home, you go in your thing. You're alone like, and you can just like, you could, you know, how many people are, unless you know, you're a father, people are I guess, relying on you for survival, but like yeah. mean, no one's relying on me for survival, but if I was in like a group where like, oh, my job is to watch here yeah. to make sure that a lion doesn't come and kill us. There is something to that. You know, that's kind of why I like being in a theater company. You know yeah. what I mean? Like community. Yeah. You know? Band. Band. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Like yeah. you're all together. Granted, we're not being shot at by the enemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're still beer cans being thrown at my yeah. head. But if you if you you're up on stage and if you stop drumming, you're the not the survival, but the survival yeah. of the song at least is is dead. No, I love that, and I love that about acting and music too. I just love being in the moment, man. Like here we go, you know. It's yeah. like 
it's like skateboarding or 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 yeah, snowboarding the flow state or, kind yeah of thing, surfing yeah. like all that stuff which i'm terrible at but i still love it you yeah. know what i mean i'd love to get out there and try yeah because if when you have or golf like when you have that moment or sp- any sports really like mm-hmm. you're really relying on each other that's why i love sports too it's like live theater yeah totally you know? that's what yeah that's what's cool watching a basketball game it's like this is happening right now it's happening you know there's no there's no i know yeah when you're there live too i remember i know that's i remember i went to a playoff game years ago when when uh it was shaq and kobe era oh wow the first one and I remember I was just so like into it. My buddy was like, come on, man, you got to cheer more. They, we're here. They hear us. Like, yeah. this is happening. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was just super fucking you. Right, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, cool. it's happening right now. And uh, there's something about that. Yeah, there's something so much. It's so cool to just be in a sports stadium. Yeah. Like, it's just, it just doesn't even matter. Like, I just went to a, a Laker game, and I was like, you know, nosebleeds. But sure. it's, just, it's still a blast. Yeah. Just like be in well, that Especially energy. up there, I feel like that. You know, the people who, who sit in the higher seats are, like, the real fans. Yeah, they're the ones that, like, come to every game. <sighs> they can't afford the – well, who can afford sitting courtside or whatever down yeah. below at the Laker game? It's so absurd, the prices. But, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? The true the, fans. The nosebleeds are expensive. I won't be sitting up there with you, but I will be thinking <laughs> – Yeah, yeah. I'll be thinking about you. I appreciate it. I'm going to wave. I appreciate that. I will Venmo you some money for popcorn. I'll yeah, go get a popcorn on me. You have, you have the shirt cannon. You launch me a shirt. <laughs> yeah, like Section 314. <laughs> yeah. I don't think those cannons go that far. That's yeah. So God, far they got it. That's what, that's that is far at Staples. The top section? Yeah. Wow. Could you even see the players? Yeah, you could see them. There's a big jumbo screen. It's great. <laughs> I'm watching on my phone. Yeah. But well, I want to be the in the energy. You want to be there. You want to be there. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's a little far from me. Yeah. I cut it. I cut it off at like this. The, the midway? The midway, yeah. I'll go midway. They're so strict. You know, I grew up in, in Utah with the Jazz. And you, sure. There, there was a lot easier to try to, like, sneak down or that kind of thing, at least when I was younger. Like, you, you had a chance. Yeah. There's no way you have a chance. In the, the Jerry Lakers. Sloan era. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I went to a game uh, when the Lakers played the Jazz with our uh, with my sisters. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I remember with... Uh, the Stockton we sat Malone? Behind, yeah, we sat behind... Uh, we sat behind those guys and uh, and, and Sloan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, the, it was, it was, Utah had a pretty good team that year. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool era. We're digressing on to sports. That's all right. Yeah. yeah this is going to be any kind of podcast. Sports. Yeah, it's a, it's a conversation. Music. Yeah. Music. It's a conversation. We're all tying it in with the, the you know, sharing the space with people and it's reacting true. I think off. That, I think, well, because I think about it a lot. I've been doing it so long and like you kind of want to make it. Like, like, why am I doing this? Not mm-hmm. just for livelihood or whatever. Yeah. Which now it is like, can't do anything else at this point. Like, this is what I do for a living. Yeah. You so know? And, um, and I'm and I'm in it, but it's like at the same time, I also want it to be experiential. You know, like really keep keep working towards something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to just, it's like when you hear Keith Richards still gets up and plays guitar every day, or Joe Walsh. These guys. Yeah who've been doing it for 50 years. It's like, because they love it and they're still trying to find magic moments. Yeah. That's, that's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That's what, that's what you, you, you do what you do. <laughs> do what you do and love it and respect it and keep doing it. Like yeah. there's no, there's, there's, you're never going to get there, you know? Yeah. That's another thing. Cause, okay. That's one thing else I wanted to ask you real quick was, you know, you are you know, a successful actor. You're known like, you've made it as an actor 
what is, is, do you feel like you've made it or is there like in your head? Are you like, I mean, yeah, I definitely feel like I've made it. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm a, I'm a working actor. Sure. Yeah. That's all I ever wanted to do. You know, like I wanted to be a theater actor. I was going to do regional theater and cause I studied theater. And then I told you I was doing that play and mm-hmm. someone saw me in the play and I got my agent who's still my agent 25 years later wow. from that play when I was, or 23 years later when I was 24 years old or whatever. And, uh, you know, so, so I definitely feel the gratitude of, wow, I've, I've been, I've worked hard, but I've also been fortunate and Mm -hmm. worked with some great people who have allowed me to make a a living at acting, Yeah, which is crazy, you know, uh, and and be able to support my family. Like the percentage of people actors that get that is two percent. They say it is, it, is that what they say in the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, two percent of people in the Screen Actors in the Guild. Screen actors Guild. Well, then there's how many actors are not even in the Screen Actors Guild? Right. I mean, that make a certain amount. I don't know what the cutoff is, but like that's like a livable wage. Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know whatever that is. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, I may be wrong, but that's what I. Was told. I mean, it seems right. Yeah. But you have to remember, there's a lot of people on the screen. There's like 120,000 Screen Actors Guild members, and a lot of them don't even live in California. Yeah. They're just members from whatever, their local guild. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or they do radio spots once in a while or a local commercial, so they join the union. So I wouldn't say all those people are in L.A. or New York trying to make it. You know, So don't get too freaked out. I know a lot of actors that are not even in SAG. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, right. So maybe that balances out. Let's say two yeah. percent of the people trying to be an actor are, are, are going to make a living wage. So definitely feel. But at the same time, I wouldn't say that it has made me, uh, you know, for have no other cares or concerns. Yeah. So a human being raising two children, highs and lows. You know what I mean? Just sure. as everybody deals with. But I try to honor those things. And know that like they'll come and go just like anyone's career. Like we've chosen a career. There are going to be ups and highs and lows. Mm -hmm. You know, some years are better than other years. And once you just accept that and keep working as an artist, like the highs will, will, will counterbalance the lows. And I think that's just a great lesson. I'm not really making sense, but being human as well. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Because I think people can get fixated on the lows, is what I'm saying. Okay. Or on the failures, like not considering them failures, like we were talking about auditioning. Like it's all just part of what we do. Yeah. We're just working towards something, which is like to be the the best storyteller we can be. I like that. And you'll get opportunities to do that along the way. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to hit 100%. Yeah. It's like Rotten Tomatoes. What movie is 100%? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like a solid sixty-five, you're doing great. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you, yeah <laughs> you know, like don't stress. You're not about a that. green splat. No, you're not a green splat. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, that's the key of of life too. I think is like, no one's a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes in life. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's life is challenging. Sure. For everybody. So I feel successful. I feel happy and grateful. But at the same time, I don't feel. Uh, over over cocky about it or or anything like that. Like I just know, I know there's still work for me to do, and I know that um, it doesn't make me more important or better of a person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I try. I don't. I don't 
buy into that. Yeah. I don't mind some perks. Sure, why not? Free shoes once in a while. Sure. Yeah, nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go to nice events that I get invited to, Mm -hmm. but I also can use it for charity as well. And I've been able to use whatever success I've had to help a lot of charities that are important to me. Oh, very cool. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. I try to use whatever mojo I have. Pass it forward, pass it on. I try. Yeah. You know, and... An occasional free smoothie at the smoothie place because they're a fan. Come on, can you yeah. blame me? Yeah, no, you got to take it. Yeah, <laughs> but I tip well, so yeah, then yeah. it ends up being it's about, it's about probably the same of what yeah. I would have spent on the smoothie. Well, this sounds like why to me this you know evidence of why you've had such a long, great career is that and you say people you know call you back to work with you again because you're not. Well, the last thing I'll say, I think this is a good thing to wrap it up on, which yeah. is in the industry, like you don't have to be best friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. when you're working because you have to save your energy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But you have to just respect people and their job. I've seen so many young actors blow that. Just not respecting. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, this isn't forever what we're doing right now. And the word will get out. Sure, of course. About your behavior. Yeah. And I've seen it really hurt careers. And again, I'm not saying you have to be Oh, know everyone's kids' names and, you know, be, be, uh, 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 Santa Claus. Yeah. But just be respectful and yeah. generous. Nice human. A good person. Yeah. A professional. A professional. Professional. That's the best advice I can give because I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't get it sometimes where I see some people, uh, and I get it. Everyone's in doing, doing their job. And, and if you're an artist, sometimes that requires, some emotional mm-hmm. journeys. So, so if you need to take your space, then you should take it, but not at the expense of, of precluding another person from doing their job. Yeah. There, there's a way to maneuver those two things. Sure. Being respectful. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I think I got that from my mom. Actually, she was always like, doesn't matter what you say. It's how you say it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you're right. It's true, you don't have yeah. to say much. Just, Say it with kindness. Say it nice. <laughs> yeah, and I like to, when I'm working, I like to be by myself a lot of the time, save my energy. Yeah. But that's fine. Out at the craft table, cracking jokes the whole time. But yeah. No, I, yeah. I used to be like that because you want people to like you or whatever yeah, when you're you first starting like, yeah. out. But then I'm like, I'm so tired from doing my routine at the craft service table. <laughs> I can't, I don't, I got no juice left for the thing. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, that's all. You just have to be, be a good person, as you were saying. Be a good person. Yeah, because because then people want to work with you. Because yeah, there, there's going to be like th- a couple actors who could maybe do it. Do you want to work with the guy that you know is going to show up and be a kind person, or the guy who's going to show that up wants and three instead of four ice cubes in his cup? Well, you know, I do like a lot of ice cubes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I do like green tea. Right? I like to keep the the voice warm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I ask for the green tea with respect. With respect. Yeah. Like, can yeah. I please? I said I asked for a single orange <laughs> green tea. You're doing what good. is this Tazo bullshit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm an asshole. Okay. <laughs> that was all. A nice asshole. Yeah. I'm a nice asshole. asshole yeah. <laughs> the nicest asshole in town. <laughs> that's that's going to be. That's your business card. That's my business card. <laughs> Kevin Wiseman, the nicest asshole in town. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Could you get me some green tea? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right, awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming yeah, on. Yeah, that was fun. It was great to talk to great you. Great to talk to you. And yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to a second season of Runaways. I look forward to checking out your uh, your movie. Yeah, well, tell me that. What's the name of it? Stom. 
Stamm. It means tribe in German. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I can't believe that story. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. I've, got, I've been researching it to try to see if there's a feature potentiality in that world. It's, it's, just, it's just very, very interesting to me. So well, we already said goodbye, but I'm going to say this. Yeah, this is the Jewish goodbye. This is the Jewish about. goodbye. The best stories about major events are those small personal stories. Yes. Like Schindler's List was just about Oscar Schindler. Yeah. And, and it, it wasn't trying to take on the whole Holocaust, no. gra- gravity of, of the Holocaust, yeah. which is impossible. It's a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. But this one personal story. So the story of people who served in World War One thinking that they would be absolved Jews and German. I mean, yeah, there's something there. Something very interesting. And there. I want to be in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the German Jew. I'm the German Jew. The yeah. older is getting a little older in years. You but you're the, but the well, commander. no, actually, it makes sense because I fought in World War One. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you fought in World War One. Now it's like late 1930s. Now you're ripe time to. Yeah, now I'm older and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I fought for you guys 20 years ago. Yeah, you have an iron cross. It's you might want to cut proud. this out because somebody's going to hear this and they're going to write this movie. Nah, maybe. Okay, can we audibly copyright this? Copyrighted. Copyrighted this. So if anybody does it, let's get a timestamp on this. Yeah, this is, is our idea. It's December 5th, 1.40 p.m. Kevin Wiseman, Jeb Gronick. It's our idea. It's our idea. Well, it's your idea, but Jacob assured me I'd be in it. <laughs> yeah. On December yeah, that's 5th. Yeah, on, that's on record, too. That is on record. Okay, nice. I'll be able to secure some international money. You I'm big in international sales, pre-sales. I'm big in Australia. Are you? I mean, I, I do have some Australian fans. Okay, cool. Okay, I don't nice. know if that... We like not Australia. as big as Hugh Jackman. Or the, ne- or the uh, Hemsworth. <laughs> or, or Nicole Kidman, or pretty much any... Yeah, or anybody who's actually Australian. <laughs> anybody, but no, not even close. <laughs> For an American. Yeah. You got nailed Exactly. Or, or there's probably a lot, thousands of actors bigger, but I, people do know me there. Yeah, they do know you. So they might go to the cinema... I saw Schindler's List in Singapore. I was traveling. Interesting. I was backpacking in Southeast Asia. Wow. And my buddy and I, we were 22 years old, went to see it in a Malaysian. It was subtitled. No, it was, yeah, it was subtitled in Malaysian. Interesting. And it was an entirely Malaysian audience except my friend and I. Wow. Who understood the English. That's so cra- that's a crazy experience for that. And they, yeah. and they connected with the film? Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, it's, I'm sure, because of yeah. Southeast Asia, obviously, had been through a lot of sure. Khmer Rouge and yeah. like, genocides and all, right? Yeah. Or just as humans, you're watching that movie. Like, yeah, it's, just as a human, yeah. Humanity of one guy saving all the, the people, but. Yeah, anyway. That's very cool. I just remember that. Experience. I definitely was the only Jew in the crowd. Yeah, definitely. Are they looking at you for like how to react? <laughs> yeah. There were, yeah, there were a lot of pointing. Like, do we like this? Do we like this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. It's like when you see, like, can we laugh? Is this yeah, okay? Can we laugh? Yeah, like, oh, well, he's laughing. Okay, we're good. I would give the nod. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. These guys good. can laugh at that. But here, probably not. <laughs> yeah, you hold but it. This is not, this was Let a horrible moment. Yeah. In our history. Uh, oh, God, I can't believe we ended on that. All right, okay, dude. That was awesome, awesome, man. Yeah. I'm going to say our, our third Jewish goodbye. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. I'll see you at the gym. See ya, see you at the gym. <laughs> Adios. And subscribe. Thanks so much.